You are listening to Changes Big and Small. This is Damian, your host as we explore what makes change exhilarating. Each episode, we'll meet one person who's found freedom by embracing change. Today I'm chatting with Praveen Selva. Praveen and I have a meandering chat discussing some of the changes he's made in his life including moving from his small hometown to Bangalore and now moving to Canada with his wife and child. It's impossible to resist Praveen's energy and hard to imagine how he survived months of not being able to communicate in school as a preteen. Imagine winning a poetry contest in a language you've just learned to speak. That's quite a dramatic way to regain your voice. But that's not surprising at all when we learn how Praveen thinks, particularly his growth mindset. He shares the lessons that he's learned from his quest for success to help inspire us to make changes in our own lives. Listen till the end for two great book recommendations that have helped Praveen encounter change gracefully. Let's get started. Can you please tell us your name, where you live, where you were born, and what do you do that pays the bills? I'm uh, Praveen. I'm uh, currently living in Vancouver, Canada. I am I'm born in a place called Madurai. Madurai is a city in the south of India. It's very close to the equator. It's pretty hot there throughout the year. It's a wonderful city. It's called the Temple City. There are a lot of temples out there, Hindu temples. So that's where I come from. I pretty much grew up there until I was like 10. When I went to North India, I was put in a boarding school. Then I lived in a couple of places. I went to Bangalore. I lived there for 10 years. And then from Bangalore, I married and currently I'm in Vancouver, Canada. I've been going for this wild ride through my life. With regard to your question on what pays my bills, I'm a software engineer. I did engineering and information technology. And then I worked for companies like IBM, HP, Fidelity Investments. And then I decided I wanted to move away from enterprise computing. I taught myself WordPress. So currently I work for a company called Automatic, doing a WordPress work all day, helping uh, people set up websites and uh, shopping sites specifically. We met in India about 15 years ago now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny that we ended up meeting again back at work and we ended up working for the same company. And that's how we reconnected, right? That's uh, totally strange. (laughs) Tell me, what was the biggest change that you ever made in your life? There have been three, four big changes in my life. But the, the first change that ever happened in my life was one that I did not take initiative. When I was like 10 years old, my parents decided to put me in a boarding school in northern India. It was a very prestigious school, like very international school. My dad didn't want me to miss it. So they took me to the school and I was like 10 years old and I have no clue about it. And I was told that I'm going to be admitted. The only time that it it really uh, dawned on me was when they left me. Mm. And I was like in a foreign place with people that I never knew, a place that I've never been to. 
you know the moment they walk out the gate it strikes that's it it's happened for the next 7 years of my life i'm in this boarding school environment growing up from 10 to 17 years spending a crucial part of my childhood making friends from all over the world those formative years really prepared me for everything that were going to come in life so that was the first change which i did not take uh, initiative so uh, it made me very uh, r- risk friendly like i looked forward to big changes in life what did you have to do to adapt to this new environment how did you adapt to the change my big thing was i didn't know english i spoke one language at that time i spoke tamil which is the language of the state that i came from so i'm like a 10 year old boy who knows tamil and we are in the school where the primary language of communication is english i couldn't talk to people that was my the biggest impediment i had to learn and no one spoke tamil oh wow it was like a survival thing i had to learn the language and that was the first step the moment i learned language then i was able to make friends i was watching people speak things and picking up words so every day i would pick up like many words and then repeat that I remember uh, signing up for a poetry competition where you you got to memorize a poem and I did that in order to learn the language so it allowed me to memorize a language go in a private and practice reciting poetry and then practice even delivering the poetry so I started learning how to talk the english language because I was forced to <laughs> I'm just trying to think about the experience and what that was like You are 10 years old and you're in a completely different environment with nobody you know, nobody that you could speak to because you didn't know any English. Thinking about this now, to <laughs> me, that seems overwhelming. I've actually never had the experience of being in a place where I didn't have either somebody else who spoke English or technology that could help me translate. I'm still grappling with <laughs> how did you manage yeah. what did you what did you do let's break it down let's say for your first month did you just never talk to anybody were you just isolated how did you manage my memory is fading but there are a few things that i remember i used to be a very quiet boy i used to never speak they used to call me the quiet one because i would not know what to say when i would speak sometimes uh, because of my native tongue influence certain words would come out with a accent so people would make fun of me bullying was obviously a thing what would happen is i would say something most boys because it was a boys dormitory pretty much living with like 45 other boys in bunk beds so most are very kind and very friendly but some of them would be bullies so i would say some things and they would make fun instead of my name they would start calling me with those words what would happen is it would shut me down i developed an inferiority complex where i'm just quiet all the time i used to sit in the back bench i was like that for a very long time and something happened two years i was quiet fourth grade fifth grade and then th- there was a particular teacher a teacher who came along he was a music teacher i remember and he forced me to sign up for that poetry recitation competition he would train me in delivery of the poetry and he would encourage me and that encouragement changed my life 
there was a switch. It was almost like I got a firmware upgrade of my brain, you know, where I went from this introvert person who just doesn't like to open up, you know, who who's all to himself to suddenly becoming this extrovert who just wants to talk, 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 doesn't care what pe- other people think. Some switch went off and it happened because of this person and this experience. Interesting. Were you also quiet before that in your mother tongue? No way. I was <laughs> loud and... So the environment caused you to be quiet at some point and then being part of this poetry competition kind of helped you find your voice again. Yes, yes. And so how did your life change after that? You know, in like uh, Harry Potter, you have these different houses, right? Yes. So in the school that I was, we used to have red house, blue house, yellow house, and green house. (laughs) I was part of the red house. Me too. (laughs) So every year for this uh, senior poetry recitation, so you have elimination round where multiple people compete to participate in the final. Right. Within the house, you compete first, and then whoever wins that goes and competes at the top level against the other houses. Every year, there was this particular girl. She was like from North America, and she would win and represent Red House. Like for the last three, four years, she's been doing that and consistently winning. I was like, I may not make it, you know, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And I'm going to train like crazy. It was like two months to the elimination event where you compete against your own housemates. Mm -hmm. So the day came and, you know, it's like basically five people. I go to the stage and I don't know what takes over my body. It happens. And they don't even announce the results right there. You know, the the judges are there. They write down their points and they go back. The next day is when they put the uh, thing on the bulletin board on who's uh, selected. Someone comes and tells me, hey, Praveen, you beat her. I'm like, come on, this guy is joking. People are always bullying, you know. <laughs> so I rush to the, there's a particular place in the school. It's a big campus. So I go there and uh, I see the bulletin board. Apparently, I got the highest points and I beat this person who, who's been winning. But now the crazy part is, if I don't win in the main round, it won't be nice. <laughs> in the final round, I'm going to be like, you know, meeting the best of the best from the other houses. So it's going to be a trial by fire. So I started training. School used to get over by three-ish. And we had, I think, two more weeks to go till the final. So I used to just walk. And I used to be shouting the poetry loud to the mountains. And the echoes would come back. And wherever I go, I would say, give you, they would award you points for a few things like, your pronunciation, your posture, your expression, all these things. So I would work on each one of them individually. And the day came, I remember, I came across as confident, but no, I'm not. Inside, I'm just shivering like everyone else. I went on stage, I, I just performed, came down, and they would announce the results right there. So there is poetry, prose, all of that, different categories. So I competed under the senior poetry section. So... They said, for the senior poetry, the winner is, and there was a moment of silence. And the person looked like, who is this guy? <laughs> Praveen? <laughs> and, like, and, the, and the red house goes wild. <laughs> and they lift me with my chair up in the air. And that was like a single most transformative 
event it gave me so much confidence which i could you know use for the rest of my time at the school i became confident in my studies i became confident that i can participate in other events until then i had never participated in any extracurricular activities so it was like a very dramatic event that shaped things to come where mm. i learned that if i train myself i can compete i can learn stuff if i believe that there is something that i don't know i can go figure it out mm. you know that growth mindset those are very powerful lessons as you were talking i was just thinking what was your takeaways and that's exactly what you just shared was what you learned from this experience what do you think was responsible for your success that's a very thoughtful question in fact if i meditate on that question alone i will get so much that i can even use right now the number one thing that i would say without which nothing could have ever happened was encouragement encouragement from a mentor mm. the person uh, who's in charge of red house when you look back in your life in your schooling days there are a lot of teachers who come and go but you only remember the ones who are good mm. <laughs> the others don't even matter this particular teacher he encouraged me for the first time i felt encouraged and he believed in me that yes i could do it and once i signed up for it i got training so mm. preparation yes with this encouragement he started training me then the next one is training and effort you can train yourself physically mentally people have uh, abilities beyond their wildest belief i started believing in myself mm. so training is the next uh, takeaway like you can train yourself to learn anything anything that you set your mind to mm-hmm. few years back i read a very interesting book called the growth mindset by carol dweck i would recommend everyone to pick a copy of that there are two kinds of mindsets the one that believes that you're capable of training yourself to learn another mindset is that that's it you are what you already are and you are fixed and your your life cannot change you cannot become this or that both are true <laughs> if you believe you're fixed you're fixed but she says that you can train yourself to become anything you want i picked up the guitar when i was 25 i wouldn't say i'm a, a professional but i can play pretty good like i can sing popular songs no matter how later in life you can keep learning and moving along mm. uh, so the first one is encouragement second one is you can uh, train yourself and the third one is that there are certain things that will flip a switch in your life certain experiences that will occur in your life that will flip a switch and give you a firmware upgrade those moments are called aha moment this is something more you would discover yourself you have to know yourself mm. until then i was a boring person to myself you know i can do that let's see what else mm. it almost sounds to me like you can also even call it belief in yourself or belief in your own capabilities so there is one thing which is the external encouragement but there is also the way that you deal with yourself because even though somebody believes in you they can't do the work for you it will give you a platform to look within you and see that oh if i can do it now i can do it in the future i can keep doing it i can train myself in these other areas right like okay i'm not a, i'm not a good communicator i can become one uh, i can't make presentations i can make good presentations i want to learn the sport i can do it this is fascinating to me because it really sounds like this experience 
prepared you for making all the changes in your life. So what big change that you initiated did this prepare you for? So this, the, the first, the major thing we've been talking about, all this was initiated by my parents. Now I'll talk about something that I initiated. So I do my schooling seven years and after high school, I go back to where I come from and I do my college. I did a four-year program engineering in information technology. The thing is, the college is in a remote village, very far from the big city, where all the IT and tech stuff happens in South India is uh, in Bangalore. And this is like a 12-hour uh, <laughs> train ride from there in a remote village with not even bus connectivity from the nearest town. I was really looking forward to growing up and, you know, joining the workforce. So I do my engineering four years and there are no jobs. For example, if you're in a college in the city, after the graduation, you would have companies come into your campus and recruit you and all that. But we were in a remote village and no one comes there. I told my dad, I want to go to the city. There's nothing here. And they were like, all right, no big deal. I bought myself a train ticket to Bangalore. So I, I come to Bangalore, stay with friends. And then I start attending interviews. And that's how I land my first internship. In one go, deciding to let go of my entire life, living in my hometown. That's a very big change, but it was like very, very natural to me. I would still come back every four months, you know, visit home and, you know. But still for me, that change of coming to Bangalore, coming to the big city from a small town and getting a job and getting a place to live and settling into this new community was a big, big change for me. What were you afraid of with that change? I've never thought of that. There were always times where I felt judged by others on what kind of person you're externally, you know, because I was an intern and hardly making any money. Like I would always worry how I'm judged externally on how I dress. There used to be this uh, Levi's uh, store outside the company. And in the Levi's store, there's this mannequin wearing a, uh, you know, denim jacket like that. Like it's pretty cool, like a biker jacket, you know. It was a pretty expensive biker jacket. I would go for my uh, afternoon walks. I would look at the mannequin. I would say, one day I'll have that jacket. You have enough money just for your accommodation, your food, and a little bit to maybe pay your phone bills and that that's it. Nothing remains, you know, in your pocket when you're intern. I finally got the news that they've decided to make me a full employee of the company. And then the HR called me to their room and uh, we signed the offer letter. That was a decent salary, you know. Now you, you sign the offer letter and you've got to wait for the money to come in, right? The first salary is like a big deal. The moment it's deposited, I go to the Levi's store and I tell the salesperson, I point him to the mannequin. I said, that one, <laughs> just give me that one. <laughs> that was like a, a proud moment. At that moment, I felt rich. Materially, I felt rich. But subsequent experiences taught me that richness is something more internal. It is something that everyone has within themselves. It's not just what you wear or what you have in your bank or what mm. you own or the furniture at your home. No, that's not rich. But that's uh, another story. You realized that you wouldn't have the opportunities you wanted where you were living. Yes. And so you looked and you decided, okay, how do I get what I want? Yes. I can get what I want by moving to Bangalore. Yes. And you just went for it. Yes. So two things. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be a software engineer. I had a cousin when I was growing up. 
he was a software engineer and he went to the US. When I was a kid, I'm like, oh, if you're a software engineer, you get to travel the world. That's so cool. I would come from college every evening and the, the TV show uh, Lonely Planet used to come at that time. This was a show in the 2000s. The main person in the program in every show would go to a particular country. And then, then I discovered that my cousin is a software engineer. I'm going to be a software engineer and I'm going to travel the world. Yeah, I, I was uh, super excited about going to Bangalore. How old were you then? I was 22. You've had a lot of changes. You've moved a few times. You got married. You recently had a baby. You have changed jobs. In all of those changes, some of which has happened, maybe not inspired by you, for example, moving to boarding school, and some of which you've inspired yourself. What have you learned about change? Change is the only constant (laughs) that we will ever see it will hit you again and again and again. So how do you prepare? I can speak for myself. I'm never prepared (laughs) for what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm never prepared. I think there was a quote by Paula Coelho in one uh, one of his books where he says, you will never be prepared for what you're destined to be doing, you know, for what you ought to be doing. We are all changing. You know, every person in this world is constantly changing. What we believe is changing. Our situations are changing and we have to embrace it. I know that sounds very simplistic, but we have no choice. The world has changed where you could be in one part of the world today and you could learn something. And that what you learned and what you've done will take you places. So we have to have an open mind and enjoy the ride. We don't have a choice but to change. And you you will not even be prepared a lot of times. So change is inevitable and we can't always be prepared for it. But what is one concrete thing that you might be able to advise people to do in order to be able to handle change gracefully? There is one advice. It's not my advice because I talk a lot of fluff. Uh, If there's one advice I would give about embracing change, it would be to read two books. The first is uh, The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. It's an old book. Many years back, I read it and it significantly impacted. And it taught me something called delayed gratification. You work hard now. Put your work now. Uh Uh-huh. Our reward is future and the reward far outweighs the effort. Delayed gratification. It came from roadless travel. And the second book, which I already referred, Growth Mindset. These two books prepared me for a life of change. I cannot say anything that these two do not cover. And they have become like a personal philosophy in in my life. They've really helped me a lot. Two excellent recommendations. I have the Carol Dweck book on my shelf. And the other one I will definitely take a look at. Thank you. As our time winds down, do you have any last thoughts or anything else you would like to share before we finish up our chat? Someone once said, a true traveler never arrives. So change is the only constant we are going to see. So I wish everyone who's listening, welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, it sounds like you're telling all of us to be travelers. Yes, it's important to keep learning and enjoying life. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. You can follow Praveen and connect with him at 
www.praveen.blog. He writes about WooCommerce, WordPress, and travel. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Changes Big and Small. For more great episodes like this one, don't forget to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. This will let you automatically download new episodes every week. I would like to invite you to leave a comment on the show notes if you've enjoyed any of the episodes so far. Or if you'd like to be a guest on Changes Big and Small, let me know what your favorite question is. Or if you have a question of your own and you could hear it in a future episode. As always, I leave you with this. Go ahead. Take the smallest step that you can today to get closer to your dreams. Have a great day, everybody.